Lighthouse Live is pre-recorded before a live audience. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. Good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. So good to have you with us. Thank you for your faithfulness as listeners, whether you're listening to us on radio waves or around the world via our podcasting network or the Internet. Uh, so glad and so appreciative of uh, your faithfulness to us, to listen to us here on Lighthouse Live and Advancing Vibrant Communities. And Elaine, uh, you know, in the intro there, we talk about our mission mm-hmm. to uh, connect people in churches with opportunities to to serve the needs of uh, their neighborhoods. Right. And uh, our, one of our board members uh, the other day said, you know, what it would be like if uh, Jesus wrote a thank you note to a volunteer. Wow, what a concept. You know, uh, wow. you know we, we look oftentimes at that uh, very poignant uh, part in Matthew where uh, Jesus is separating the sheep from the goats, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and he's talking about, you know, when you did it to the least of these brothers of mine, you, you did this for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so our, our board member came up and, and he took a shot at uh, what it would be like if Jesus wrote a thank you note, thinking of, of, of Christ in terms of the person in need, you know, which was the picture. And uh, this is wonderful. Uh, the board member is Don. I won't give his last name to embarrass him at all. But uh, he says, uh, this is a letter maybe to Maria, who stepped out to serve someone else. He says, maybe Christ would write something like this. I saw how you helped Mary out yesterday with her chores, and I want to tell you thank you. You were my hands and my feet yesterday for Joe. When you picked up his house and did his laundry, it was just as if you had picked up my mail and did my laundry. I was there in spirit, but you were my body. No one saw you do these kind acts, but I did. And your kind actions will be rewarded. Maybe not tomorrow, but I will not forget them. It's just like I want it to be. My people being my hands, my feet. My heart in that wow, awesome. That is awesome. Isn't that Don did awesome? a great job. You know, and uh, that's what it's all about, friends, is uh, reaching out in the name of Christ to touch the needs of others so that they can see Christ in action and see another side of what they may think the Lord and the church is all about. Well, tonight's program really is uh, it's kind of like a homecoming. Yes. Uh, John Nielsen is with us uh, from the Bay Area. John is a pastor out there and also uh, a great spiritual entrepreneur, and we're going to talk talk a little bit about some of the neat things that God is doing with him and uh, and the ministries that he's involved with. Before we do that, though, let's check in on the international scene with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the truth that's pretty basic for any Jesus freak. The word to remember here is basic. B-A-S-I-C, Brothers and Sisters in Christ. 
And we need to remember them, especially those believers around the world who are being persecuted and imprisoned for their faith. Hebrews 13.3 says, Remember the Lord's people who are in jail and be concerned for them. Don't forget those who are suffering, but imagine that you are with them. The amazing thing about many persecuted brothers and sisters is that they consider it an honor to suffer for the sake of Christ. That is especially worth remembering. Are you a Jesus freak? Call the Voice of the Martyrs at 800-75-VOICE. And back with you here on Lighthouse Live, Mike Douglas with you, along with our co-host and producer, Elaine Harlan, and uh, the faithful Energizer Bunny, <laughs> Big John Engel, with us yes. as well, here uh, to uh, make sure that I stay in line, which is kind of a That's full-time a job. That's job, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a daunting task, I think, actually. And uh, again, a little bit later on, we'll reintroduce you to uh, yes. Pastor John Nielsen. And John has joined us many times uh, by phone, but we have the privilege uh, this evening of Having with uh, having him uh, with us live here in the studio. Before we introduce you to John, however, uh, let's check in for our weekly update from Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute. And this is an interesting case involving NASA. We'll be right back. Brad Dacus, welcome back to Lighthouse Live. Wow, interesting story coming out of NASA at of all places in the Bay Area. Tell us a little bit about what went on there. Sure. You know, uh, Michael, uh, we have specific justice to work to defend religious freedom wherever it may be under attack, and and uh, NASA is uh, no ex- exception. Uh, there were some Christian employees there who uh, decided that uh, they'd like to uh, recognize the National Day of Prayer, and so they were going to, to get together, commence, and pray, and and uh, and, and uh, make it available for employees to do so. And of course, other employee groups on uh, have had meetings and gatherings and with no problem at all, and they've been able to announce it. Well, NASA said, no, uh, not on our watch, even though it's a national day of prayer, uh, a national day recognized you know, by our, our federal government. Um, we're going to forbid any acknowledgement of a national day of prayer, any gathering, any uh, promoting of it. And uh, employees knew that there was something wrong. They contacted us, the Pacific Justice Institute, and uh, we went to bat for them uh, and uh, made it very clear of how their rights were being violated under Title VII as well as the Constitution. And uh, the good news, Michael, is uh, NASA reversed. And that National Day of Prayer event went off without a hitch. And uh, to the glory of God, we're just really pleased with the outcome. You know, Brad, I think that's uh, one of the main things is how this can happen. A positive result can uh, be the outcome with, with just a, a knowledgeable letter from the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, you know, no shots have to be fired, so to speak. Uh, it's just an amicable way to uh, to resolve this. I think that's just an absolutely incredible way to uh, not not only show that, uh, you know, the Christian community has rights, but also that the Christian, Christian community is willing to work in, in, in a very uh, uh, amicable way with, uh, with government or, or whoever the entity may be. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, our commission as Christians is not to create conflict or to stir up conflict. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, to, to share the truth in love. And, and uh, there's, so, you know, so it's, it's not advisable to burn bridges and, uh, and to create uh, enemies that you don't need. And, um, and in the same way, I think that's, uh, that's what this is a classic example of Christians who lay claim to their rights but they did it in the most uh, non-confrontational manner possible for the sake of uh, the kingdom. And, uh, and that's uh, a wonderful model for others to, to follow. Brad, we thank you again. We'll give out the phone numbers and your great website in just a second. Thanks so much uh, for all you do and those that work with you. And we'll look forward to talking to you next week. 
Oh, fantastic. Looking forward to it. Just a reminder, friends, you can contact Brad and the Pacific Justice Institute at one 9129 That's one 9129 or their dynamite website at www.pacificjustice.org. That's pacificjustice.org. We have some opportunities to pass along to you from the United Way, the volunteer lend-a-hand list for this week, including the McHenry Museum is looking for docents, people who pioneered our unique area by becoming volunteer docents in the McHenry Museum, and you can show your appreciation for the past by doing that. You can answer phones, greet visitors, give tours, and, and just have a lot of fun. Meet people and relationship building. That's what it's about. The McHenry Museum is dedicated to preserving a picture of the early life and culture of Modesto and Stanislaw County from pioneer days through the mid-20th century. And again, that opportunity to meet people and just uh, reach out and uh, bless their lives. The Society for Handicapped Children and Adults Needs Drivers. Uh, this is such a big thing. My medical appointments, grocery shopping. We uh, oftentimes will mention all of the cars that are parked at our mm, churches uh, on Sundays and at any given uh, Sunday or Saturday, whatever day of the week that you happen to worship on. And to think that we have just a growing list of people within our community that cannot get to their medical appointments, many of them, their dialysis uh, appointments. It's just a sad state of well, affairs. Well, you know, I think it is, and, and I keep having this picture of my mind of our Heavenly Father mm. uh, sitting up in, in His glory, and He's looking down at church parking lots on Sunday mornings mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Saturday nights right. or Wednesday or whatever it might be, and He's saying, Hello! My people, you know, here are all these cars in the parking lots and all these needs. What a great way to establish a relationship and uh, open the door to being That's able right. to uh, show Christ and then share Christ as well. And we, friends, we just encourage you, if you have the time, if you can provide one of, and again, we're not asking you to commit to every mm-hmm. day or in, every week even, but if you could provide one of those rides, that's a tremendous blessing to one of these people in need. Absolutely. They also need people that can provide adaptive equipment to disabled individuals. If you can help clean, repair, and maintain uh, their closet full of equipment, that would be an awesome way to uh, help out as well. The YMCA of Stanislaw uh, invites you to share a fun-filled uh, summer with youth at the Residential Summer Camp Program. That's located at Camp Jack Hazard in the Dardanelle, uh, in the Stanislaw National Forest near Miwok. And, you know, I uh, went to camp when I was a kid and created a was, hazard, but it wasn't <laughs> Camp Hazard. That's a, a whole other story. Yeah, that was another story. But there are some, some well, interesting stories. You're probably going so somewhere else with that. <laughs> Trying story, to. But, but anyway, right. the volunteer assistant counselors uh, are needed to interact with and supervise youth, and this uh, is a seven-day six-night session in July, and what a wonderful uh, way to uh, uh, create relationships and help these young people out. Kitchen assistants uh, are also needed, volunteers. <laughs> That's where I can really create a hazard. <laughs> you don't want me in the kitchen. <laughs> Maybe taste, <laughs> taste testing, uh, but uh, well, I can do anyway, that. This, this is a, a great way to uh, volunteer and, and get your feet wet, so to speak. Teen volunteers ages 16 and 17 are also encouraged to uh, participate, and uh, on this one, you'll need to do a background and fingerprint check. The YMCA puts Christian principles uh, into practice through programs that build healthy uh, bodies, mind, and spirits for all. And friends, if you have any questions on any of these items, feel free to call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension
extension 113. Also want to put out a request for volunteers to be greeters at the Global Day of Prayer. This is an event happening on June 4th at the Doubletree, and uh, volunteers are needed to be uh, at the Doubletree by 1.30 p.m., uh, and we ask that you contact Susan Paul. She's the coordinator of this uh, event happening here, uh, and also she's with Medical Ambassadors International. Yeah. Great, great uh, group of folks. You can reach Susan at 209-524-1757. Again, 209-524-1757. And you can also feel free to call herself. She said so. And that's at 209-539-8264. 209-539-8264. If you missed those numbers or have any questions, you can always feel free to give us a call here at 209-544-9571. And just a reminder, friends, if uh, you'd like to get connected with uh, many of the needs that are in our communities. Log on to our website. Elaine uh, updates the daily update page several times a day, and we list new opportunities to serve all the time. Again, that's www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. And click on the little flashing red daily update. That little gizmo. Do hickey there, and I'll take it right to it. <laughs> you know, it is just a joy and a pleasure to welcome back to Lighthouse Live our dear friend, John. John Nielsen, and we're talking pastor, coach, trainer, trainer of the trainers. I want to thank you for making the drive over today, John. Welcome. Well, it's great to be here, Elaine. It's great to have you. First off, your your story, John, is an incredible one. And when I think about it, does uh, it go from rags to riches and then back to riches, only in a different form, or how would you how would you state that? I think you put it well. It's uh, it's, it's been a wild ride. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Uh, God has burned the money thing out of me over the years. Uh, you know, uh, I had uh, lost part of my testimonies. I'd, I'd sold a business for $2.8 million in uh, 1984, and within a couple of years, that was all gone. Wow. And uh, in 1987, I uh, uh, had lost everything by that time. And uh, God had me driving around in a Honda Civic, a uh, 76 Honda Civic, which is the lowest car to the pavement that you could drive at that time, you know, and, uh, and I, and I rode around in that for eight years. And, um, uh, so when I say he burnt the money thing out of me, um, you know, he, uh, had me helping the homeless and, uh, uh, had me doing all kinds of things that I would have never dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, so yeah, it's been a wild ride. He did an amazing thing in your life, and maybe we can share with our listeners what that was. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I like I said, I was saved at age nine, and uh, but I had walked away from the uh, Lord all my adult life, and uh, and I started a business in the Bay Area in 1970. In 1984, I had 11,000 customers, and uh, uh, I was in and out of uh, you know CPA firms and law firms and. And, uh, but along the way, I had developed an alcohol and, uh, a drug addiction. And, uh, um, and I had started really that addiction at age 17 when I was in the Marine Corps. Mm. And, uh, um, but when I lost everything and, uh, my daughter was in a very severe motorcycle accident and, uh, um, almost died and uh what happened was that the the guilt was so severe uh at that point in time that i realized that uh 
I couldn't uh, couldn't operate that that way any longer. But uh, there was an event that happened. Uh, I had never uh, asked the Lord to take the addiction away from me, hmm. and uh, I asked Him to take the addiction away from me. This was in nineteen uh, later in nineteen eighty seven. And uh, it was a very strange thing because uh, I'm I'm kind of like one of those guys from Missouri. Uh, you know, I, I have to see it to believe show it. Show me. Yeah, uh-huh. show me. Yeah, sure. And uh, two weeks had gone by, and I realized at the end of two weeks that I had lost all the cravings. Uh, cravings were gone. Um, I didn't have any desire to uh, um, do what I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really got my attention because it was it was really subtle. You know, it was a two-week, you'd think, you know, in a couple of days the light bulb would go on, but it was like two weeks, and it was just all of a sudden I was uh, deeply impacted with the fact that it, it totally was gone. And there was a sense of, of gratefulness there. For that. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I knew it was God. I mean, that's the bottom line is that I knew, uh, I didn't know God was alive and well, mm-hmm. but I, I did then. We and, just get tired of hitting the bloody walls, don't we? Just, you know? Oh, you know, I, I uh, uh, but I see, I'd never asked. You know, I'd never asked for him to do that. You know, and uh, but when I discovered that all you have to do is ask, uh, and what comes out of it, now I'm uh, helping other addicts, and yes. and uh, um, it's gone far beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't sign up to be a pastor. Uh, that's not one of the things that I said, oh, I think I'd like to do that. You're wearing a lot of hats these days, though. <laughs> yeah, I am. I uh, I had a profound encounter in 1990 uh, at a vineyard uh, conference in Anaheim uh, with uh, and John Wimber. Was, uh, oh, yeah. And uh, um, uh, there was a lot of very uh, key people there, and uh, that's when I got called to... Uh, to the ministry and it's it's a long story but i was totally impacted by it and but i ran from it for three years mm-hmm. and um um i had kind of a burning bush experience uh, and uh, uh i couldn't run from it any longer and uh, so basically i've been working with people since uh you know 1989 and and uh continue to do that well john our our signal uh both on on the internet and over the radio waves covers a lot of areas including the footprint of where you're pastoring just very briefly (laughs) talk about because the name of your since i visited you the name of your church has changed so just keep uh give people an idea of where you're located and and uh, the name of the church where you're at well you know god's got a funny sense of humor he really does (laughs) michael because uh we're right across the street from the courthouse (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was in Department 34 there, and that's divorce court, uh, you know, many years ago. And uh, um, it was a traditional Southern Baptist church when I started attending. Uh, uh, it was Elmhurst Baptist Church. And, uh, you know, you'd have a, 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 a three hymns and a quick sermon and the, 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 the traditional type of, of, of Baptist. Uh, um, and the potluck. And the potluck, yeah. <laughs> And uh, but we had a, a senior pastor that. Uh, well, I think something that's very significant is the church went through conflict resolution a year after mm. I I came aboard, and I was real young in in the uh, 
I think in front of the congregation, I, I said once, you know, I've been here for a year, and I want you to know that I speak Southern Baptist fluently now. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a culture thing, you know, it's to, you know, to really understand church talk and, right. and what all that means. And uh, But we went through conflict resolution, and uh, there was a core group that finally, it was a 50-year-old church that almost went belly up. And um, we literally uh, got down to about 50 people, and uh, we had a, a you know the conflict resolution process that we went through, and then we re- rebuilt, and then called our senior pastor uh, in 1990, and he's been there ever since. But mm-hmm. uh, the reason I mention that is because we understand recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, church is made up of people, and uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, people are people, mm-hmm. and uh, so we uh, went through that process. So we we really have a as a church in our DNA. We understand recovery. Once we uh, hit those those walls, and and, and God does a tremendous um, thing in our lives, and, and brings us to a place where we can comfort those yeah. with the comfort. In which yeah, he gave we had us. to work internally. You know, in other words, we had to heal from the inside out as a church, and so. Um, we did that for uh, a long season, and uh, now we've changed. That's why we changed the name of the church to Community of Grace, because it really tells more about who we are. Uh, it takes grace. It takes God's grace to get through all these issues. Uh, we have spent, uh, by that time, over 10 years dealing with uh, you know the community in that area. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we decided to change the name to Community of Grace because, like I said, it tells more who we are. Our recovery program is called Steps of Grace. This is an incredible program that you have there. It's, it's like all kinds of different components. You guys do so many things. Can you just touch and kind of share me? Yeah. Um, we have a, uh, uh, and anybody who would be interested, I'd be glad to send them one, uh, uh, the the uh, the commu- Assertive Communication Skills Workbook. This or, is awesome. Yeah, or the Steps of Peace uh, uh, brochure, so to speak. Uh, and basically, uh, we try to make it clear as to what, when somebody comes to our church, where they can get connected. We're kind of labeled ourselves as a recovery church. And, um, um, but the word sanctification means recovery. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And so, Amen. so really, uh, I don't want that to scare too many people when you say we're a recovery <laughs> church. We could say we're a sanctification church. Amen. And, and uh, so I Which think actually, all churches ought to be uh, exactly. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Church is a hospital. It's not. It's not where you go when you have your act together. Why does uh, that scare people so much? Well, I I, I don't know. Uh, well, in a way, I do know because when I first came to the church, I sat in the back row, you know, and I didn't trust those people that shook my hand. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I was just. Uh, I had to get over some things myself, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I think that the church needs to get away from the churchy talk and the uh, churchy lingo, and uh, we have to get outside the four walls. One Amen. of the things that you were talking yes. about, Michael, earlier was getting outside the four walls, and uh, um, uh, it's very, very, very true because um, we need, you know, one of the most overused terms around is ministry in the marketplace. And what does that mean? 
and uh well it means to be christ-like out there in the in the marketplace but take a you know take advantage of your uh situation and be able to uh be ministers and pastors in your own right uh on the job site and um, you know that, that's a very interesting thing i i was shocked when I, when i was a staff pastor here in this area i had a couple come in once and we were talking about you know getting outside the four walls mm. and and they flat out said well that's your job because you're the pastor i said well wow. you know if, if we look at um what paul said about this my job really is to equip the saints for service yeah that's exactly and right. you're the minister actually you yeah. know you're, you're christ out in the community yeah. and for you know, somehow over the past couple of decades you know i think john especially in the western church we've kind of reversed mm-hmm. that yes mm-hmm. you know and uh, it, it takes a long time to change that paradigm but i yeah. I, I think we see movement from where we were say maybe you know 20 years ago well you know one of the things that uh we're in involved in that uh really michael you guys in modesto were way ahead of the curve i mean in 1986 i think it was you guys started working on a uh, marriage um community marriage policy. community mm-hmm. marriage policy and uh that's been done in different pockets around the country but you guys were really pioneers in this area. And the divorce rate, I understand, in Modesto has reduced by 50%, you know, over that period of time. Well, that's staggering. I mean, that's, that's really mind-boggling. And that's really ministry out in the marketplace because uh, part of it is is that there has to be mentor couples uh, to be able to come alongside of other couples, which means the training and the equipping goes uh, from the church to... Uh, laity, uh, which I think is a misnomer. Uh, we're uh, all, yeah, we're amen. all, yeah, we're all priests. <laughs> and, okay. and, yeah. but a lot of times, um, that uh, type of ministry is protected and is not allowed to go out. And really the, the, uh, the uh, laity, I hate to use that term, but the laity can can uh, get trained up so that they can actually do the marriage counseling. They can do the uh, come alongside couples, but there has to be a training process to take place. And um, that's one of the things that we're actively working on now in Hayward, and we're wanting to get, uh, I know you have some Hayward listeners, and, yes. and one yes, of the things is, is that uh, we're having a new election for a mayor, uh, for mayor in Hayward, and we'd like to see a Christian, uh, mm-hmm. a good, solid Christian, get elected mayor of Hayward. So uh, we're trying to get the pastors of Hayward together so that we mm-hmm. can come up with a policy like you guys have done here in Modesto and uh, um, to be able to... Uh, uh, make this happen, but it always, uh, you know, it takes a lot of effort to do that. And, uh, we want to provide the training because we've been through this now for 16 years and we have a lot of tools that we have, uh, equipped a core group of people that we have at our, uh, 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 church that can really walk and train uh, other churches to walk in this stuff. You know, John. John was something I think that is so significant is the DNA of your church. You know, it it had to be broken. Yeah. I mean, there was a, a sense of, of extreme brokenness mm-hmm. of, of hitting the wall. That's right. And and then that humbleness of saying, "Yep, we give." Yeah. And then letting God rebuild it, and uh, and uh, you may not want to say, but I will, and, and perhaps you would. I think you know great credit has to go to uh, Rodney Hogue, yes, for the senior pastor for yeah. taking really, and, and it is a risk, 
in, in some ways, to turn his people loose in such a powerful way right. to radically step out and follow God on the cutting edge. Wow. And that takes a lot of guts in ministry. It, it really does. Uh, and uh, um, I don't think Rodney really understood fully uh, until um, he had the vision for it and uh but when we, once we got into gear, see, I do most of the counseling now, where he used to do all the counseling before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he equipped us in, in being able to do deliverance. I mean, one, I, I worked with a multiple personality disorder situation for two and a half years that had uh, 30 personalities and many demons. And you start working with something like that over a period of time, it'll sharpen you up really quick. It hones you real quick, doesn't it? Very, abs- <laughs> absolutely, because... Uh, uh, you're able to see what God is able to do. This this uh, multiple got uh, uh, um, healed into a singleton. Mm. Uh, but then the thing that had to happen there in that situation was that this person had to operate as a singleton. Now, they couldn't hide behind different personalities. And so life became much different. Yeah. And we had to come alongside this person to get them to, you know, operate as you and I do. Yeah. Amen. God gave you a desire to love and, and help people, and we are so thankful that he did. And, you know, as those of us who have gone through similar experiences to what you have, John, there's there's a common thread, isn't there? And it's Jesus Christ. And the brokenness that Pastor Mike talked about, it took that so that he could use it for his glory and our good. What well, Jeremy Riddle sings of being sweetly broken now in his song on Lighthouse Live. Cross. 
beckon me. You draw me gently to my knees, and I am lost for so lost in love. Jeremy Riddle on Lighthouse Live, Sweetly Broken, along with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and our very special guest and friend, John Nielsen, pastor, coach, trainer at Grace Community Church in Hayward. We're just so glad to have you with us, John, and, and uh, great to have you here. Glad you took the time to drive over. want to remind our friends of our website here at uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities. It's www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. We just encourage you and invite you to check that out daily. And uh, as we get into our second half of the program here, John, what's the difference or does this go hand in hand with being a counselor and a coach? That question occurred to me because you do both. And does it kind of go hand in hand? Well, no, there's uh, there's really a, a lot of a difference in the in the coaching end is um, being able to have people solve their own problems. Mm. Uh, is to be able to ask the right questions, to be able to uh, move people along in, in setting goals for themselves. And uh, where counseling uh, will require a little more historical uh, family of origin work and that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, although the skills, their skills are very similar, um, one of the things that uh, we try to home in on the things that we know best and uh, – Communication skills training next to Jesus, uh, in my opinion, communication skills training is probably, uh, you know, Jesus said, let your yes be your yes and your yes. no be your no mm-hmm. and anything else in between is left mm-hmm. up for the devil to rip you off. Yeah. And uh, so Jesus wanted us to be truthful. And so in our society, uh, uh, what I call the personal, uh, the language of personal responsibility um, is probably one of the the most misunderstood things around. You know, it's like uh, if somebody spills coffee on themselves at McDonald's, that they would want, be me. You know, <laughs> uh, they want to sue somebody, and, yeah. and uh, they don't want to take responsibility uh, for right. the fact that they dump coffee on themselves. And and uh, uh, but uh, communication skills are 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 fundamental. Uh, it's like if you want to be a mediator. 
80% of mediation is communication skills. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be a good coach, 80% of coaching is communication skills. So those two areas, if you become a good communicator, you can do a lot of different uh, things, uh, mediation, coaching, counseling. Amen. All counseling is is uh, really a good active listening. You know, John, I th- I th- as you're mentioning these, really the, the key to a lot of that is skilled listening. Absolutely. You know, not not so much what we're giving back, although that that has its time and place. Mm-hmm. But I think in today's society that you know, even though we listen a lot to radio, iPods, television, when we get into personal personal interaction, our listening skills today aren't really good, are they? Uh, they're not, and I speak with a lot of authority on this, Michael, because uh, as you know, I work with uh, a lot of couples, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, and I get pretty high-level stuff uh, where there's been sexual addiction, infidelity, and and uh, marriages get patched up. Most of the marriages that uh, that go to the divorce end could be a uh, could have been uh, uh, repaired if they mm-hmm. had just uh, gone about it the right way. And uh, uh, at least that's been my experience. I've seen uh, a lot of couples uh, go through a process that afterwards. Uh, um, uh, they just shook their head and said, "Why, you know, why didn't we know this before?" Right, the, and the communication yeah. part is a, such a, a, a big part of that. It's isn't huge, it? you know. When you're fighting with a, your significant other, and, and everybody has their agenda, um, you know, Jesus said, "Put your agenda aside." Mm-hmm. Uh, in Second uh, uh, Corinthians uh, five, you know, uh, seventeen, when we're we're new creatures, mm-hmm. when we when we receive the Lord, the, the old is gone, the new has come. But then a couple sentences later, it says we've now been given the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, as believers, that's supposed to be in our DNA. It's mm-hmm. not It's not optional, mm-hmm. you know. And so we're supposed to walk in the ministry of reconciliation. Right. And so I ask you, uh, you know, the divorce rate is 50% uh, nationally. Uh, 25% are unhappy, so that means 75% are hanging on by their fingernails. And that's in the Christian church. Yeah, and so I have to ask you: Do you think the church is effectively walking out the ministry of reconciliation? Obviously, and the answer to that is no. And so until the church gets their act together in regards to, um, you know, you guys did some powerful stuff here in Modesto, and um, that needs to happen around the country because the the institution of marriage is being attacked, big time, and big time. And if we're the church doesn't wake up and smell the coffee. Um, this is all going to bypass them, and they're going to wonder what the heck happened. Well, again, John, I think one of the keys here is it it does have to happen within the four walls. We need to take care of business uh, within the family. Yes. But we also have to provide resources that are easily accessible and that are safe for people outside the four walls to take advantage of. Yeah, and see, God has strategically placed us, the community of grace, in what we're doing um, in a way that we can uh, be a training center for churches. Uh, we've been doing this for a long time, and uh, we're now being uh, partnering with the Healthy Marriage Coalition in California mm-hmm. uh, to be a training center locally. And um, what we want to do is, first of all, we want, we want to train 
um, couples within churches or pastors uh, to be able to use assessment tools, mm-hmm. to be able to come alongside of couples uh, and, and, and actually train them up in a process uh, to um, help them uh, understand how to be uh, good communicators. Uh, I've got a workshop coming up in August called PrEP, All right. and it's a prevention relationship enhancement program, and it's a, it's a dynamite uh, a day and a half workshop that gets people uh, to understand communication um, more effectively, but also what are the pitfalls that happens to couples uh, uh, when things start uh, escalating. And, and uh, but it's uh, we have research videos before and after couples. Uh, that was done at the University of Denver, and uh, you see a couple before that are, uh, you know, clawing and scratching, uh, mm-hmm. and then you see them afterwards after the communication skills have been taught, and it's a, a to- totally different couple. Two different people. Yeah. Excellent. What what date in August is that? Uh, it's going to be August 11th through the 12th. It's a Friday night uh, from 7 to 9:30, and all day Saturday. And uh, we usually follow that up uh, with couples communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have, uh, uh, I was talking to Sherrod Miller, Michael, the other day, yeah. and uh, uh, we were talking about prep. And he says, well, you know, John, what we call couples communication, we call that uh Prep on steroids. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, and, and the couple communication, friends. I want to tell you, is really the Cadillac or the Maserati. I don't know wherever you're at with fast cars, but uh, it is really the 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 top resource I think in communication, and especially in the area of marriage, <clears throat> it is absolutely dynamic. And we were talking before the show today, John. I have never had anyone go through that course and come out the other end saying. Oh, I was boring. I didn't learn a thing. They all have some significant aha moments. Oh, that's absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and and Sherrod and Phyllis have just a ma- done a magnificent job of dissecting yeah. what communication is all about, separating it out into parts, and then very skillfully uh, bringing all those parts together and integrating them into a whole that is absolutely dynamic. Yeah, it really is. And as I was saying earlier, as we were talking, is that it's all based on brain science. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we don't tell people that, you know, coming yeah. into the thing because we don't want to muddy the waters. But uh, um, it's um, uh, it's just absolutely dynamite because I use it exclusively in counseling. And uh, you have a talking mat and you have a listening mat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, talking mat is called taking care of yourself. So we need to be able to talk about the important issues. Uh, and uh, the listening mat is being able to take care of the other person. So... We have to teach couples how to fight fair. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that, that so well addresses two issues that I, that I know you, you crop up a lot. Uh, one is for the person who may be somewhat enabling and codependent uh, in, in their attitudes. Uh, it, it really in, it shows them how they can address their own issues and be okay about what do I need? What, you know, what do I need to address in this? And on the other side of the coin, people that never think of anybody else, you know, but themselves are really forced into and trained into, wow, you know, I, I can arrive at a solution that is a, a lot more collaborative and, and a lot more uh, fulfilling to everyone if I think about what do I want for you? 
mm-hmm. out of this, John. Not just what I want for me or what do I think you need, but wow, legitimately, what, what do I want for you out of this whole thing? Yeah. That that's revolutionary for a lot of people. Yeah, I'll give you an example of of, of something that was very profound. I won't mention any names, but uh, I was working with a couple a number of years ago, and and uh, they were one step away from divorce, and. Uh, what happened was uh, she's on the uh, uh, talking mat, and she says they had a, a, a big argument the night before. And um, he was a cop, and uh, he's uh, on the uh, listening mat, and she says, I was telling myself you were going to go get a gun. And mm-hmm. he freaks out, mm-hmm. you know, gets ready to almost walk out of the office. And I said, no, I says, I says look it, I says, do you want it to be safe for her to tell you what's on her mind? Do you want it to be safe for her to tell you your innermost, her innermost thoughts? He says, yeah. <laughs> and I says, well, I said, just, you know, repeat back what you thought you heard her say. And so he repeats back what, you know, and, he, and he's fried emotionally, right? And I said, okay, now try to validate that. Mm-hmm. I say, just tell her, gee, that must have been difficult for you. And he it was like choking, you know. He says, oh, "Gee, that must have been difficult for you." She says, "Yes, it was." And mm-hmm. I says, "Now tell her, ask her for more information, you know." <laughs> and so the bottom line, what I'm telling you is that uh, I I have to coach couples through how to actually do this. And what came out of that was a turning point in their relationship because the light bulb finally went on for him that. Uh, she wasn't accusing him of anything, mm-hmm. that she was telling herself this, yes. and uh, but they were able to work through the whole That's issue. That's how she felt. We're with Pastor John Nielsen, and we'll be back with more right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet... Thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. 
We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. ABC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. ABC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. ABC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. ABC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike, Elaine, and John Nielsen. It's just great to have you tuned in listening, whether you're listening over the radio airwaves or uh, if you've downloaded this on your iPod and or if you're listening on the Internet. It's just a great to, uh, to have you here. John Nielsen, we're just uh, talking about all of the uh, tremendous opportunities that your church in Hayward, Community Grace in Hayward, affords people not only um, the those who are going through recovery issues with addictions of all sorts, but also having a safe place for couples inside the church, a healthy place to come and say, hey, you know, we're not right. Something's not right here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of times do you find people kind of holding back and, and not stepping forward and getting the help they need? Because oh, uh, I, I would say that's huge. We're Christians you know. and we're not supposed to have well, these kind Christians, of problems. Well, Christians, non-Christians, um, when it comes to counseling, you know, um, Usually it's the female that, that will pursue the counseling mm-hmm. or push the counseling. The guys usually you have to drag them. But um, uh, the guys are afraid that uh, somebody's going to try and climb into their head and, 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 I don't know, do weird stuff or whatever. And really that's where the term coaching, I think, is more user-friendly because really that's what a good counselor does is coach. Mm-hmm. And if they can, the idea is to get a couple to be all that God meant them to be. Yes. And and you notice on the uh, uh, steps of peace that we have an area there for destiny, mm. and uh, we want everybody as a, a goal to be able to walk out their God-given destiny. And if you're hurting and, and not whole, it's hard for you to see what God has for you and your destiny. I mean, I'm a good example of that because I didn't have a clue what. Uh, what I was supposed to be until I lost everything and then God got a hold of me and then it became very clear over the years what my destiny was and so my destiny is to work with 
uh, couples, work with churches, work with uh, communities to become better communicators and to be able to uh, um, be all that they, you know, can be. The uh, recovery program is, is we first started with doing small groups and then doing 12 steps. And that has expanded to where we do a ton of inner healing. Uh, we do a, a process called Theophostic, which is sounds a little new agey, but it really means God's light. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 what we call inner healing. Um, we have confident kids, uh, showing kids how to communicate effectively. Right. Uh, 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 all those types of, of things that... Uh, uh, that help. You know, I said earlier that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Yes. Most Christians don't know how to do that. Yeah. Amen. You know, That's so we right. want to teach them how to do it. Exactly. And, and John, we're, we're bumping the clock just a little mm-hmm. bit, but you've, uh, you've got a new, uh, venture, uh, kind of, uh, on the, on the burner. Tell us a little bit about that and then how people can contact you. Well, it's been very exciting because this has actually come out of Fuller Seminary, but, uh, um, James Wilder, a Ph.D. there, is really a guy that uh, helped develop this. Uh, James uh, Friesen, which is an expert guy in the area of multiple personality disorder, and, and what they've done is they've really studied the brain science and, and what goes on in the brain uh, when we get rewired. And so what we want to do is we want to let people understand what maturity level they're at, you know, because before I put people into a group, they may not be ready for a group. And so part of this is that uh, we want to make sure that they have an opportunity to really see what maturity level uh, that they're at. And uh, as and I'll give you an example. Uh, there's four stages. One is uh, uh, birth through three years of age. Um, and I'll just read one area here that uh, is helpful. Uh, when I have to learn, I have to learn how to develop trust at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, the community and the family's job is uh, is to build strong, loving bonds with the infant and bonds of unconditional love. I mean, that's that's a, that's the main thing. Now, if that hasn't been done properly, uh, I'm going to have trouble. Uh, has difficulty bonding, uh, which often leads to manipulative, self-centered, isolated, or discontented personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, so right away when we have people that are struggling with something like this, they go, oh, wow, those needs weren't met at that point in time. Uh, so I know that this is a struggle for me. A lot of addicts have a hard uh, time doing the difficult things. Uh, and the reason is is that nobody taught them growing up. And, and so the idea is, number one, is to give everybody a clear understanding of what maturity level they're at so that they can shoot for the next maturity level and be able to do the work that's necessary to get there. And, and you can't hyperleap. No. Right? You, you've no. got to go. You know, God takes us step A to step B to step C. John, uh, very quickly, tell us how people can get a hold of yes. you if they're looking for training or or help. Uh, how can folks reach you and, and find out some of the resources? Uh, two quick ways, uh, Michael. You can go to www.communication-empowerment.com. Uh, that's communication-empowerment.com. And you you need to put the dash in there. And uh, <laughs> Very important. Uh, and, uh, or you can reach me at area code 510-783-8062. Why don't you repeat that number one more time, John? Area code 510-783-8062. 
And if you miss that number, you can always give us a call, and we will put you in touch with John Nielsen at Community uh, Grace in Hayward. What an awesome, awesome ministry the Lord has given you, John. Is there, um, Are there any prayer requests that we can uh, keep you in prayer about? What kinds of things can we Well, you can pray for the uh, Healthy Marriage, uh, California Healthy Marriage Coalition. Yes. And uh, that's uh, going to be a new uh, venture. We're pioneering uh, that, and it's... Uh, uh, it's a very big deal that will affect uh, the marriages in our state uh, uh, for the Lord. And uh, uh, if you can pray for that, that would be great. Well, we wish you all the best in the upcoming workshops that you have coming up. And that's Amen. again in August. August uh, 11th and 12th. And that's uh, PREP. And that's a Preventive Relationship Enhancement Program. And that'll, if you go to the webpage, uh, that www.communication-empowerment.com, it'll tell you all about it. Because we may have people in this area who might want to Yeah, you could. That. That's a Friday, Saturday, and so it's a good trip to the Bay Area, and, and uh, uh, it'll be a fun thing. Awesome. John Nielsen, thank you so much for joining us here on Lighthouse Live. And dear friends, listening at home or wherever you happen to be, we just want to take a moment to thank you. Thank you so much for your support of uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities and Lighthouse Live. We want to hold you close in our heart and our prayers, and just may God continue to bless your life as you reach out and love others as you love yourselves. Thank you.